0: Welcome to IntelliGoji with Tracy Browder, where together we will disrupt educational normalcy. Um, recent events in our nation um, have, have been tragic, lives have been lost. Um, unfortunately, the there's some past events, well, some recent events, but in the recent past that have involved um, police officers and citizens, black male citizens specifically. Um, dying in custody. So that's not the purpose of this conversation, though. However, um, several cities in our country, um, people have been rioting and trying to express their discontentment with the way things are. But unfortunately, inappropriately, um, violence plus violence equals nothing So that's not the best way to handle and express um, frustration. So I just kind of wanted to set up why I have the guests that I have with me today. And they are probably the most special guests that I will ever have. I have my husband, Quentin. I have both of my sons, Donovan and... Younger Quentin, which also goes by Quentin. So guys, can you say hello to my listeners? Hello. So definitely not their comfort zone. Um, So be patient with us as we navigate this conversation. Um, Quentin is 19 and he's a freshman in college. He plays football. Sophomore now, I've been corrected. (laughs) Donovan will be a sophomore in high school, and husband and I are just two proud parents. So that being said, um, we clearly have two black male sons, and, and my husband is a black male. And in, 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 in large regard, they are often perceived as a threat. They are... It's What I'm trying to do is heighten awareness and just have a conversation about our everyday life, just bring you into a little glimpse of the types of conversations we have to have with our sons. Um, they are different. Um, we'd like to think we're all the same, but society has proven to us that they are different. So that being said, let's start with my husband, Quentin. Um, Quentin, can you share your take on being um, what it's like to be a black dad with two black sons? Um, what challenges come with that? What's your everyday? What's your... Just what's it
1: like? Um, I mean, basically just uh, being concerned when they're out and not at home, uh, making sure that I raise them to know uh, right from wrong and, uh, you know, how to act when they're out in public, like, you know, don't wear hoodies inside, keep don't put your hands in your pocket, make eye contact with the the store clerk, Um, you know, things like that. But I'm always concerned when they're not at home, when they're out. Uh, with friends or with other people other than than us, um, not knowing, you know, what can happen or what may happen while they're out of our sight. So you said you um,
0: talked to them about keeping their hands out of their pockets and, and, and not wearing hoodies, and um, why do you have to do that? What happens if they do have their hands in their pockets or hoodies on? I mean, why do you feel like you have to... Have those conversations with our sons. I mean, it's
1: the conversations that all black parents have with with black boys. Uh, Keep your hands uh, visible when you're in the store. When you're stopped by an officer, Uh, make sure you do whatever the officer says. Don't reach for anything without uh, asking permission first. I mean, it's a it's a uh, talk that I was given as a as a kid. It's a talk that. Um, most African-American parents give their African-American boys um, as they're growing up. So you have to do that because as Black men, most people see them as threats. Uh, All Black babies are beautiful. Everybody says that all Black babies are beautiful. But uh, when they get a certain age, they they move from being beautiful to being a threat Um, as young Black men. So they have to do what they need to do to uh, get people to not see them as a threat.
0: You're right. It's, it's, it's not a fun situation at all. And, and we'll, we'll, there's something I wanna go back to that you said in just a moment. But let's transition to these amazing, beautiful black sons of ours um donovan quentin you can just kind of jump in what your dad said what what have you taken from what we share with you like he just said what we talk to you about what have you internalized what do you hear when we talk to you what do we talk to you about
2: Um, just uh i don't
0: want to say this
2: uh how to come off as not a threat like how to like uh especially with me driving and going places and if I get pulled over, you know, no quick movements, yes sir, no sir, and I'll be respectful and I'll uh show your hands, ass, and reach for my wallet, just make sure everything's cool. So so not to give him a motive to do anything that's unnecessary, pretty much. That's
0: very well said, so um Donovan, what about you? What have you taken from the conversations that mom and dad have with you? Why do you think we have the conversations?
3: I, I know it's because it's, it's like your parent instinct to keep your kids safe, no matter what race you are. But especially with what's going on around the world. I just think it's heightened for black parents who have black sons.
0: So, Quentin, you said it was the talk you were given as a child. Um, why, though? Why do we have to have that conversation?
1: We have to have that conversation because of what you're what you're seeing on the news. I mean, we're just starting to see this more now uh due to cell phones, but this has been going on for ages. This is a conversation that parents have had with their uh African American kids for years. This is nothing new. We've always been treated like second class citizens in this country. Um, uh mistreated whether by store clerks or uh police officers and um, it's it's a it's something that we have to just just teach our, our kids because of the, the way that uh, society sees them and until that changes it's a conversation we're going to continue to have it's a conversation that they're going to have with their kids it's
0: unfortunate to have to have that conversation and Listeners, I feel like we're telling you we have to have these conversations, have to have these conversations, but if you're not in the skin we're in, you're probably still like, okay, you have to have those conversations, but why? I mean, I know we see what's on the news, but I think one thing I want, one thing I hope is the outcome of this conversation is that we're not a roller coaster. What I'm noticing now is because voices have been amplified and even because of the unfortunate poor choices of rioting. I feel like awareness is heightened, like Donovan said, and all of a sudden more people than ever are starting to say, this is not right. This is not right. And so many people are sharing their voice on social media. I've kind of had to just not look at social media a little bit. Um, But some people are enraged right now. Give this a month and then it's gone and everybody forgets. However, it's still our every day. And I'm gonna kinda help you understand a little bit more by telling you a couple of examples just for me. Um, I I was at a big, well-known name brand department store. One day it was just my getaway. I wanted to be not mom, not wife, just Tracy, go have some self time. So I'm just browsing, shopping, And I was in this one particular area of the store and I was like, is this lady following me? The person that worked there. And so when I kind of noticed it, I, I tested some things, like I purposely moved around. And unless all of a sudden every single rack got magically messed up and I didn't see it, everywhere I went, she was about a rack or two over from me straightening, putting things on hangers. And this went on for a while and I was just really in disbelief. And I noticed another lady what appeared like she was putting something in her bag. So I go talk to the lady who's working and I'm like, "Um, you're watching me, but you need to be watching her. And so she looked and she's like, oh oh my goodness, oh my goodness, and started addressing that situation. Um, There was another time I was at another store and just got lost in time, just in my own I'm a browser. I'm a slow shopper. I just get lost in time. And it's my happy place. I don't even have to buy anything. I'm just enjoying looking around. Then I noticed a security guard with big security on the back of his shirt was following me. I'm like, I don't want to steal your merchandise. Um, And so finally I made my purchase and I left, but That's two incidents, and for those two, I can tell you about 50 more. So now let me shift over to my men and see if there's, are there any incidents that come to mind that you have experienced where you feel like you were being watched, looked at, accused of something, mistreated? Does anything jump out at you? Either of you?
3: Well, uh, I can say probably because I'm the youngest, I definitely haven't seen it, but maybe it's because of like, especially when I'm out with my friends, I want to say people probably do still see me as a threat because I'm black, but at the same time, because of how mixed my friend group is, I think that might like tone down their threat level, I want to say. So I definitely haven't seen it, especially with them, and I'm not and I don't really see it when when I'm with all of us, because I guess that's, I'm not paying attention to it just yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are stuff like when dad talks to us, saying stuff like, keep your hands out your pockets. If I'm at the mall with my friends, I see them walk around with their hands fully in my pockets. And in my, I don't say anything out loud, but in my mind I'm thinking like, uh, you might want to take your hands out your pockets. Cause I think I walk around with my thumbs in my pockets, keeping my the rest of my hands mm-hmm. shown so people can see that. So,
0: you're not stealing anything. Like <laughs> they thought I was twice.
3: <laughs> yeah, I guess like that.
0: Yeah. Now
3: I do take my hoodie off inside. Um. So. Um. Quentin, anything pop out at you? Uh, I
2: don't know if this is racial or not, but uh. One of my senior year games, <laughs> um, I was attacked, I'm not verbally attacked, um, after the game of one of the opposing team's cheerleader mothers uh, accusing me of calling her daughter a very uh, inappropriate word. And I was, in. The, you know, I didn't do it, but just the scene she made and the commotion she caused was just out of line.
0: Very much so. I, I was... I was kind of hoping you would share that. Um, and, and so, friends, I hope you're starting to see what we're talking This is just issues that have happened in our family, and we could go on and on. But Quinton had just finished a wonderful football game. He was excited and happy. And me being who I am, I'm down on the field with my phone recording and capturing pictures and videos. And I'm just a few feet from Quentin and all of a sudden happiness turned to, at first I thought she was coming to say, she she had her finger pointing dead in his face. And I thought she was saying, you rocked this game. But I realized quickly that it was not that at all. I was in, I think initially I was in shock and then that maternal instinct mama bear gosh. it was yeah i was enraged i was because i'm like how dare you um he was emotional she accused him of saying some things consistently to her daughter um but he plays football so he was on the field the girls were pretty far back on the track and fortunately i had video of the entire game to show that that didn't happen, and the school handled it wonderfully. Um, our head of school talked to their head of school and showed video, and we got it all addressed. But that also that that brings up a bigger issue is that I noticed when when our boys would go and play some of these other schools that they want to cheer, they want a good football game, but don't 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 get near us, don't touch us, don't talk to us, um, and so just all of these forms of racism and and if you ask these very people are they prejudiced or racist they would say oh no my goodness so um switching gears to that that do is is there anything that comes to mind that you want to share that gives you the lenses that you look through
1: uh i mean it's 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 happened a lot, especially coming up, growing up uh, in a time that we grew up, places that I went to school and things like that, but nothing in particular. I mean, I could go on all day trying to think of instances and, and um, you know, discussing those. So it's not one or two. I mean, it's been happening a, a lot throughout my life. So I, I'm, I'm used to it.
0: And, and again, that's sad. And I remember we, my husband and I um, attended the same college and we were both very, very active leaders on campus. And it was quite normal, even though my husband had meetings with um, the president of the university, the, the dean of student services, like very active um, around change and growth of the campus. But the campus police, would often pull us over, pull him over, um, for nothing. Um, you know, there was disturbance inside the dorm and we were coming from eating and we're going to hang out. And, um, they stopped him as if he were the one causing the disturbance in the dorm. There's another story when early in our marriage, my husband and I were, um, living in an apartment and there was a party at the pool in the summertime, very loud, really, really loud. Like it was one of those parties where you knew if they just kept going, things might not go well. So we decided with another couple in our apartment complex, just leave, go have dinner, hang out. When we came back, um, it was still going strong. So I decided to call the police. And um, when the police got there, they came at us, and me specifically, as if they, they were hostile. They weren't trying to hear anything we had to say. Um, it, it was, so if you take that situation many, many years ago and put it now, I don't know that my husband would be here. I don't know that I would be here. Um, because it, it, went, it went south immediately, and we didn't know where that was coming from. So there are plenty of examples like that. Um, And we do live in a very diverse um, Mm -hmm. community. And so we have to heighten our boys' awareness that they are different from everybody else, that a group of friends can go to the mall, but eyes are on them and not everyone else. Um, My youngest son, Donovan, asked me, Donovan, I know you remember this, you asked a few weeks ago, Donovan runs track well, he conditions with track, and he plays football. And so he asked me a few weeks ago if he could. Do you remember the question you asked? If he could run in the neighborhood. Oh yeah. And did I tell you yes or no? No. Did you run? Did you run in the neighborhood? Oh,
3: no. no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he asked a couple of times. I was like, "Son, no, you just can't. You just can't." Um, and then shortly thereafter, um, Ahmad Aubrey was killed while running in his own neighborhood. So I think, did that resonate with you, Donovan, the very thing you were asking to do? How, how did you feel about that when you found out about Ahmad?
3: Well, I guess I kind of put the same as I always, every time I hear it, kind of like, disgusted really at the world because I'm like, again? You can't. And especially even more that these, that these, well, I guess that these weren't cops who did it, just regular people who just said I, I can't even think of what they were thinking, their thought process. But just the fact that he was doing simply running through his neighborhood and gets gunned down I I I just can't react to that because it's like
0: and and you wanted to do that very simple thing run in your own neighborhood yeah do you want to run in your neighborhood now
3: not really no
0: understand so, Quentin, you shared your story. Um, what is it like for you now that you are a young man? And like Donovan is still 14. So he's still here with us. You know, he to get to the mall, we have to take him to do this. We have to go to So he's still dependent upon us. You are 19 and you're only here right now because of COVID-19. Um, and if it weren't for that, you'd be back at school on your own. So what what? What does your everyday look like? what What's in your head? Do you have to think? Do you feel like you have to make decisions and always be extra aware? So what is it like for you now being a young man, not under our roof all the time?
2: Um, the one thing is um, I was taught, well, you know, I could, could have said, obviously. Um, so my, my one thing is people I'm with, like, if they have the same training, not tra- the same lessons that I've been taught. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to be out somewhere, and if we do get stopped, I'm going to call for people that don't react well, and I'm the only one that's listening, and then something bad goes hap- uh, something bad happens, and now, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that, that that's one thing that I'm usually, you know, cautious about. But if I'm by myself, I guess – I have been scared sometimes by myself, you know, just driving, make sure, man. If I get, I'm in the middle of nowhere right now, something bad, like what's gonna happen to me. So it's just, you know, like I, I always gotta like watch over my back everywhere I go. So that's that.
0: It's really sad. Um, but you you talked about something important: the power of choosing your friends wisely and who you spend time with. Um, Don, but I know you're young and you have friends. But listening to him and listening to us, what decisions do you feel like you will need to make as a very young Black African American Black male? I meant. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I guess it's like I really want to see like how my friends like present themselves in like public because if they're acting like rowdy, like being obnoxiously loud, making huge gestures and stuff like that, I'm probably going to separate myself from them a little bit to show that like, I'm not with them because mm-hmm. then they're causing a scene, drawing eyes to them. Well, I know some eyes are already drawn to me for just being Black, so I'm trying to separate myself as much as possible from you know, prevent something from actually going south
0: understood husband quentin what um what weighs on you when it comes to being a black man not a black father just a black man what what weighs on you
1: i don't know if anything really uh, weighs on me uh really my concern is my my sons uh, i mean because i know every morning i get up uh, I, I pray to my lord and savior jesus christ to to cover my family cover me uh as long as i i walk out with that uh with that power around me i know that i can I, i'm gonna be okay and if I'm, if I'm not, if he chooses to call me home that day, then obviously that was what he had planned. So I, I don't let that weigh on me. I, I know that, uh, you know, like, like you mentioned earlier, we live in a di- very diverse community. Uh, we interact with, with people of all uh, of races. Our, our kids have friends of all races um, uh, from their, their school, our neighborhood, our church. Um, so the, the main thing I think about is, is the fact that I need to make sure that I teach them, um, you know, how to act because of the fact of, of who they can be with. Um, and we mentioned this before, a lot of, uh, parents, of well, I guess a lot of, uh, white parents don't have to have that conversation with their son, but we do. And because of the fact that our sons may be with their sons, it's a good thing that we do have that conversation with our sons. Um, because if, if they're with them, then they know that um, our boys would know how to act if they're confronted by uh, vigilante or cops or whatever, because that also protects their, their kids as well, whether it's their daughter, whether it's their son or, or whoever. Um, so, I mean, I, I when when I leave the house, uh, I, you know, pray that I'm going to come home to my family, uh, but I don't let it weigh me down um, because I know I'm, I'm, I'm covered on the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and that's what I use. Uh, everything that's going on out there, it, you know, people like to say it's a black thing. It's a white thing. Uh, it's a faith thing. And that's what's behind it. Um, uh, there's no way you're out there rac- racially profiling, or you're out there uh, looting and robbing in the, in the name of of justice, uh, or doing all of that if you have true uh, faith and following Jesus Christ. So that's what's behind it all. If we all actually truly followed that and done and lived that way, we wouldn't be having the issues that we're having. But we know that that Satan is real, and we know that he's the one that's uh that's behind a lot of this. But like I tell you every day, God is still on the throne.
0: Church, it's church, clap on y'all.
1: That's an elder preach. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Okay, so we are blessed and fortunate to have both parents in our home. And I don't mean that stereotypically. I mean, my dad died when I was nine. So my mom raised us. Um, and my husband has um, an amazing mother who raised four kids. <laughs> Grandma, one of the the youngest is smiling as I talk about her. Um, so let's talk about single mothers. Quinton, that, that's really gonna land in your lap. Um, What do you, like single Black mothers who don't have that male role model that gets it, that's in those shoes, what on earth do you say to them? What what can they possibly do to raise young Black men without that male role model?
1: I mean, I know the way society is it's it's crazy now um you can't trust your kids with anybody but i would say you know do you have brothers cousins uncles do you have very close friends do you have uh uh you know friends that are married that somebody that you can that you can put in your your son's life that can um that can, uh, teach them how to be a, a young man, uh, whether it's somebody at the, at the church, whether it's somebody you work with, it's somebody you trust. Um, and it doesn't have to be anybody you're in a relationship with. I mean, as a single mom, I know a lot of mom put off relationships to, to focus on their kids and that's fine. But, um, you have a brother, they have an uncle, you have a cousin, um, you have friends that are married or that are dating that has somebody that you trust or that, that you see is living right. Uh, utilize them. I mean, there's also organizations that you can sign the kids up for, uh, if they're in sports league, some coaches, um, is or, or also, you know, good role models for kids as long as they're, uh, under the right coach. But the main thing, make, make sure it's someone who, who follows and believe in Jesus Christ. That that's gonna be the main thing. You wanna make sure that whoever's guiding your your son, um, that they are uh are or, or followers of the faith. And it doesn't have to be you. You don't have to do it. And my mom, my mother did an excellent job uh by herself, but she she still had male friends um who my brother and I learned from and also she had brothers who we learned from as well. So, uh, she doesn't have to do it by herself. And there's always somebody out there that that's willing to come along with you to help you raise up, um, an African-American son.
0: You have to have a team that that's important and, and fit moms figure out who's on your team. I can say we have, um, a single mom in our in our very close circle of friends and to see these dads step up and be that male role model for her son, it's a blessing to all of us. Um, recently, Botham Jean killed in his own home, a police officer accidentally went into the wrong house. Um... Tatiana Jefferson in inside of their home playing video games with her eight year old nephew and police in the backyard um, shot and killed her. Um, Degeria Beckton in McKinney um, police were breaking up a pool party and just was very abusive to this young girl. And I, I could I could just keep going and going and going, but again, I don't wanna do that. But I do want to say that our, our conversations with our boys, they're different because of things that have happened in our world. They're different, not just because of police brutality. We've pointed out to our sons before, um, we may be hanging out on a Saturday and, um, you know, I see when, when we're approaching that women kind of clutch their purses a little bit tighter or move their kid closer to them, you know, on the elevator, I've seen people actually move over a little bit I'm, we're not, we're not a threat. So there, there are some things like a lot of the plight and the weight is on our black males, but the women get it too. The girls get it too. Um, Our hair looks different, and I can tell you what I, the conversations I've had to have with um, girls who are not Black, um, as they're sometimes not sensitive to the way um, our hair looks or the way we look. And I'm thankful that I'm loving and nurturing and can be the one to take that bold step and not just let it ride. So we we have to realize that there is a problem. That's step one. We have to realize there's a problem. We cannot act like it does not exist and we cannot continue to be reactive every time there's a tragedy that makes it to the news. But here's where I, every time it makes it to the news, we're not, most of the time people just continue to function in their daily lives. And you see the Botham Jean John incident on the news, but, You know, we're going to dinner after after we watch the news or we're going, you know, to practice like nothing happened. And then our boys, our black boys have to go to school the next day in a normal setting where nobody's talking about it, where that's a whole different conversation. In my personal opinion, as an educator, where black boys are constantly the ones who are out in the hall with teachers busing, um, who are in the office, who have office referrals as if they're these things that they're different, they're a different species. And, and when people talk about our black boys, they often say they, they, them, them, you know, like they're this just group, this separate wild group. So we have to do our part to talk about it, which is why we're here today, to hopefully enlighten people. So here, here's something else I wanna say. You know, my husband talked about prayer and faith. And, and you know, the Bible does tell us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I work really, really hard to do that. And I understand the importance of not leaning on my own understanding. But where I struggle is the world's understanding. Um, I have peace in trusting in the Lord with all my heart and not leaning on my own understanding. But it's those other people who, don't have an understanding, and I know that's where my faith and trust needs to come in, but um, there, is a, there is a reality in that, you know, Black people have been in their homes and killed. Black people have been out having a good time and, and are just getting pulled over and killed. Um, so we, we live in this state of precaution. And I feel like that's the lenses we look through in everything. We're always overly cautious, always overly protective. And, and it just kind of spills over into other aspects of life. Um, so what do we do about that? Um, how do we facilitate change? We, we keep having these types of conversations. Um, I know I've heard my boys have very open conversations with their friends, their diverse friend groups. And so fellas, I applaud you for being, um, being wise enough to choose good friends who love you for who you are, but also having a relationship where you can have good, rich, healthy dialogue and conversation. Y'all was having a conversation with, um, Education never dies, and and one thing we talked about is, you know, if if we can't we can't put on a coat or a jacket and cover up our skin, we can't hide it. Um, nor do we want to hide it. But this is this is who we are, and there's nothing we can do to change that. So hopefully, our time together has um, given you a new sense of awareness. How can you show up in your space, whether it's at work? at school? How can you be more aware? How can you help facilitate change? How can you be empathetic? How can you love differently and better? How can you work to build relationships and close gaps? Those are the conversations. Those are the things we need to think about. My beautiful black men in my life, in my home that the Lord has blessed me with, I love you. I love each and every one of you. I love you, son Quentin. I love you, little Donovan. (laughs) And I love you, big hubby Quentin. So, y'all should respond to that. I didn't
2: want to interrupt. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I thought you were still. I
0: know, I was just putting you on the spot. I know y'all were quietly waiting for me to finish.
3: (laughs) I love you, mommy.
0: (laughs) I love you too, boo boo. So friends, thank you for joining us at Intelligogy, the podcast, where together we will disrupt educational normalcy, but where we will just disrupt normalcy in society. Um, Thank you for being with us. Thank you for hanging in there. We, We hope that we have inspired you, enlightened you, and that you can start having a conversation in your own home. One more thing, speaking of conversation in your home... You know, if you're watching the news, do you sit your family down? Do you do you talk to them about what's happening in the world? Do you have conversations how this may be impacting other people? If you're not doing that, think about it. And even if you have young littles, you don't know. I know you wouldn't show them the news. I'm smarter than that. But um, what conversations are you having in your home right now? Um, challenge yourself with that. Well, thanks
3: again for joining us at Intelligoji, the podcast. Until next time.